listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show, live with Blake and Lawson. He cannot handle the energy in the room right now. I can't. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> That's I resting love, cringe face. Dude, when we hit the... Dude, like, Lyle did, uh, Blake did like a little dance. Well, I, Lyle would not be doing that. Lyle doesn't ever dance in here? He's I, never, ever, ever in his whole entire life. I literally he's, dance every day. He's never even danced the- anywhere. He's a better man than me. I think, like, at his wedding, probably during the first dance, if they even had one. They didn't even have one. Shell confirms. They didn't even have a first dance. No dance. And even if they did, Shell would be, like, moving him around the floor like a mop. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she'd be getting it done. I know that Shell, Shell, Shell could probably bust a move, but Lyle is not that man. I'm a, well, I'm a dancer. What can I say? And, I'm, you know, I'm happy for it. I'm the opposite of a tiny dancer. Sure. You're a... Do the quiz question. Yeah, okay. According to 1 Peter 3, how did the women of the past make themselves beautiful? Ooh. Oh. Getting spicy Deep, over here. 0491-064-669 is the number to call or text if you know the answer. We just sort of... If just, you can handle that we answer. We just want to preface this by saying it was Shell that picked the questions for the quiz. She always does. So, again, according to 1 Peter chapter 3, how did the women of the past make themselves beautiful? Wow. I, I actually don't know the answer to this. I'm reading the answer, and it's it's powerful. <laughs> okay. It is powerful. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, but, hey, that is the question. These this That's your second last opportunity, your penultimate opportunity to get into the quiz. We <laughs> Our prizes for this week... Uh, 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life and the Revive Cafe Cookbook 7. We're going to be drawing that at 8.45 this morning. Okay, so a couple things. I have good news. Uh-huh. I got a text message. Really? From Sherry. Uh-huh. What did she Do say? you remember the one earlier? Yeah. yeah she called a, us clowns. It was a little rough. I was yeah. deeply saddened. Uh, I was pretty hurt. To mildly, mildly on the precipice of depression. Just on that. Wow. Right. And then she texts in and saves the day. Love the break, love the breakfast show. Just jokes, Sherry. Thank you to you. Wow, all. Sherry. <sighs> Good to know. I was pretending it didn't bother me, but I was secretly inside, crushed like a little, just a little worm, just mm. crushed like a worm. But uh, Sherry, you made my day. And don't forget, she's got this crazy cool. This is the best emoji I've actually seen as well. Too look at that. Boom. Oof. That's like the celebration, but it's her. Yeah. So what's it, what are those called? I, I don't know. I don't have an iPhone. Wow. Avatars, aren't they? Yeah. Maybe it's an avatar. Like the avatar, the one that looks like your face. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Thank you, Sherry. Hannah texts in, regarding 3D printing homes, Oof. I'm with you, Lawson, on being a bit skeptic about living in one. Mm-hmm. Laughy face. Mm. But check this out. People in poverty doing this every day, and there's a live feed at ecobricks.org. We could just watch a live stream of people building the houses. I, I guess I, I I'm not sure. I haven't been to the link, but like that's what she sends in. So thanks for sharing, Hannah. We'll Dude, have to check that out that later is on. Amazing. Okay, I want to get into this drying up of the River Euphrates. Okay, I, I'm here. We talked about it. Oh wait, we just got one more text message. Mm-hmm. Sorry, from Braden. Thanks, Blake, for the fun times. Hope your trip to the best country in the world goes well. <laughs> I'm already, hey, sorry, ah, Brayden, I'm already here. We're already here, guys. It's Australia. We're already here. You're welcome for letting you in. <laughs> I, I know I, where you live, I'm Brayden. a big Australia fan. And so when I come back, when I come back, I'll let you know where New Zealand ranks. Have you been to New Zealand before? 
Only in Auckland in the airport, and I didn't go out the airport. I've been there twice uh-huh. on a like a layover. I gotta say, like I've been to New Zealand twice, and it's it's pretty epic. It is. I, I've been to Queenstown. Someone told me to go bungee jumping, and I'm like, real absolutely, afraid. you should. But but heights really scare me. Yeah, but you're attached to a cable. But I'm I'm like two or three people attached to a cable. No, no, I literally am like two or three people attached. I'm like 140 kilos. There are people in the world who weigh like 40. Kilos, uh-huh. and I'm that guy who's three of them. I'm just really nervous about like just jump off, be like, "Hey, bungee jump," and then, yeah, gone. When I was in Auckland, you can jump off the Auckland Tower. It's like a 200 meter tall building. It's like the biggest, tallest building in the Southern Hemisphere. You can jump off the top, and you're attached to a steel cable. And yeah, it was like this. They do some thing wild ever. stuff in New Zealand. It was it was amazing. I was like 12, and I just sent it, just jumped off this building. <laughs> My friend was telling me, uh, you know Chewy, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Scott, yeah, Chewy. Anyway, he was um, he was telling me that the first time he he went bungee jumping in New Zealand, the top of his body said yes, but the bottom said no, and so he tried to jump, but his legs were just frozen. And then the lady counted down like three, two, one, and then he he was like, "I'm wanting to go, but my legs will not allow me." So she's like, "Okay." We'll do a countdown, and then I'll help you. And yeah. then he was like, okay, cool. So she was like, okay, I'm going to push you at zero, okay? So she goes three and then pushes him. <laughs> <laughs> That's and awesome. And he's like, ah! That was like, so when you jump off the Auckland Tower, so you grab these two ropes, right? <clears throat> and they're kind of like out. Like you're on a ledge. You grab these two ropes in front of you that pull you out. So you're kind of like hanging diagonally. And if you swing your feet off the ledge... Your like feet are hanging straight down, and then you let go of the ropes in you, and you fall. Um, now, no, now, no, no. So what you're supposed to do is let go of the ropes. But there was this French guy that was there in our group, and they've swung him out. So he's hanging diagonally. They swung like, him like, out. Uh, swung from Stop it. Um, <laughs> so he's hanging diagonally. And and he's like holding onto the ropes and it's like stretching out further and further and he needs to swing his legs out and then let go. But he's like, no, 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 no. But then his feet like eventually swing out and then he's just holding the ropes. He's like, no, no, I'm not going to let go. Because he's like freaking out. He's like, pull me back in. And they're like, the instructors are there like, let go. And he's like, no. And then eventually it like got too much for him. And he's like death gripping it for like five minutes. Legit. They're like, let go. And he's, he's like, his money's worth. He's like, no. And then eventually he gets too tired and slips and falls. And he survived because it was, you know, yeah. And it was awesome. And he had a great time. I think. Shout out I, that French guy. You and I have a very different opinion of a great time. Oh, Let me tell you, a great so time fun. for me is like, go to the sauna, <laughs> spend some time in the jacuzzi, look eat. at the beautiful view, eat some food. Relax, okay? I like all those things. And also falling from the sky. It's, You're yeah. an adrenaline junkie. I am. Okay. We're going to transition here. To the Euphrates River. The, dry, the, the, <laughs> the thing drying you up. You distracted me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So we've talked about, let's recap. Uh-huh. The River Euphrates in Bible prophecy yes. is not the actual River uh, Euphrates. Yes. Okay. Or even a literal river for that matter. Mm-hmm. It is instead what we talked about, all the nations, the kings, the rulers of the earth, everyone who supports modern Babylon, all the financiers, the multinationals. Um, and then this will be 
Babylon's protection is the multitude of people who put their resources in to keep modern Babylon protected, right? The problem is Babylon of old is like the Babylon, the modern Babylon as well too, because it hates God's people. Mm -hmm. And at some point, just like Babylon of old, modern Babylon will attack God's people as well too. So let's talk about the drying up of the river Euphrates. Mm -hmm. When ancient Babylon's oppression of Israel uh, had exceeded what God would allow, then he brought about her destruction. So basically when these things happen, he allowed destruction to take place. And uh, Then she was overthrown by the drying up of her waters, the Euphrates. So Jeremiah 50, 38, a drought is against her waters and they will be dried up. Isaiah 44, 27 says, behold, I plead your case and take vengeance for you. I will dry up her sea and make her springs dry. Jeremiah 51, 36. And then uh, also Isaiah 44, 27, sorry here. Who says to the deep, be dry, and I will dry up your rivers. So these predictions are actually literally fulfilled by King Cyrus with his Medes and Persians in their conquest of Babylon. Now, do you know how he took over Babylon? Absolutely, I do. You want to share? So basically, King Cyrus, like the the Persian Empire was spreading rapidly. Rapidly. After the coalition of the Medes and the Persians, and Cyrus comes to Babylon the, uh, you could say the final boss or the final fortification that they needed to bring down to really cement Persia as... The, I like how you said the final boss, like a video game. Like legit. <laughs> okay. The final fortification that they needed to cement Babylon, to cement Medo-Persia as the ruling kingdom of the Middle East. And how he did so, looking at this un, you know impenetrable city, well, this impenetrable city, he decided to dam up the Euphrates River, to literally dry it up so they could walk underneath and kill everyone inside. Underneath the gates and kill everyone inside by drying out the river. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. So here's a little uh, quote about this. Mm -hmm. It says, even while he and his nobles were drinking from the sacred vessels of Jehovah, so this is talking about uh, Belteshazzar, uh, praising their gods of silver and of gold, the Medes and the Persians, having turned the Euphrates out of its channel, were marching into the heart of the unguarded city. In the unexpected entry of the army of the Persian conqueror into the heart of the Babylonian capital, by way of the channel of the river whose waters had been turned aside and through the inner gates, that in careless security had been left open and unprotected. The Jews had abundant evidence of the literal fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy concerning the sudden overthrow of their oppressors. In the final conflict, so this is looking back on ancient Babylon, now we're looking at modern Babylon. In the final conflict, when spiritual Babylon attempts to destroy the saints and the symbolic waters on which she sits overflow against them, God intervenes and dries up those symbolic waters. He turns away from Babylon all those who support her. Okay, remember we said before, the river Euphrates are the people, the people that mm-hmm. support Babylon. Well, when they turn against God's people, they will dry up. Mm. Let's keep going here a little bit. Revelation seventeen sixteen to 17 says, And the ten horns which you saw on the beast, these will hate the harlot. Mm. Make her desolate and naked, eat her flesh and burn her with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to fulfill his purpose, to be of one mind and to give their kingdom to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. So this removal of the support of the peoples all over the world from the dominant apostate religious system 
is then represented by the drying up of the Euphrates. So it's actually kind of remarkable reversal that goes on here, which is achieved by God during the seven last plagues. And the seven last plagues are designed not only to punish Babylon, but also to expose who Babylon actually is. Mm. And the papacy, as we know in connection with Babylon there, has been the most deceptive power ever known. And it had, and it's essential that its true character be revealed. Because all through history, we see the Inquisition. We see, we yeah. see the papacy behind pulling the strings mm-hmm. of the political mm-hmm. powers. The, the marionette, you know, the strings behind the strings. Anyway, Revelation 13.8 then says, Babylon's exposure climaxes in the fifth plague, the plague of darkness. And by that time, the kingdom of the beast will then be worldwide. All who dwell on the earth shall worship him whose name have not been written in the book of life. That's We see that in Revelation 13. And I know we're kind of sidetracking here from our normal Bible study, but we'll get to that a little bit later. But I just really, I've done a little bit of research on this, and, and the, the conclusion that I've really come to to understand is we really need, when people are saying, look at the Euphrates drying up, that's actually a distraction on TikTok. Then the real Euphrates drying up, which is the support of the human people that are supporting Babylon, right? So let's keep going here. God's people at this time have been under pursuit. They have fled to the wilderness, to the remote areas, or to the mountains, and they're on the verge of annihilation. But at that moment, God at that very moment, God then intervenes. And so this is a little quote from a book called The Great Controversy, and it describes it like this. When the protection of human laws shall be withdrawn from those who honor the law of God, there will be, in different lands, a simultaneous movement for their destruction. Okay, so get that, like, there's going to be a movement to destroy God's people. As the time appointed in the decree draws near, the people will conspire to uh, destroy the hated sect. Note that this is the people, the symbolic Euphrates, the supporters of Babylon who conspire. So this is this is what Euphrates River is actually going to try and do, mm-hmm. is destroy God's people. Then it will be determined to strike in one night a decisive blow which shall utterly silence the voice of dissent and reproof. The people of God, some in prison cells by that time, some hidden in solitary retreats in the forests and the mountains, they still plead for divine protection, while in every quarter companies of armed men, urged on by hosts of evil angels, are preparing for the work of death. It is now in the hour of utmost extremity that the God of Israel will interpose for the deliverance of his chosen, with shouts of triumph, jeering, Imprecation, throngs of evil men are about to rush upon their prey. This is the Euphrates rushing, right? When lo, a dense blackness deeper than the darkness of the night, the fifth plague, falls upon the earth. And then a rainbow shining with the glory from the throne of God spans the heavens and seems to encircle each praying company. The angry multitudes are suddenly arrested. Their mocking cries die away. The objects of their murderous rage are forgotten. With fearful forebodings, they gaze upon the symbol of God's covenant and long to be shielded from its overpowering brightness. So this will be, so that's the quote, end of, end of the quote. This is actually going to be a devastating experience. Like mm. the, the millions of supporters, millions, even maybe billions, you know, of Babylon convinced that Babylon is correct and that the dissenting remnant is entirely wrong. So the remnant being the, the remainder who remained faithful to God, have determined that there's only one alternative, and that is to annihilate them. And then they're now confronted with the shattering evidence that this small group of people, this remnant, is actually protected by God. So as they go to destroy them, God protects them. Mm. And when the voice of God turns the captivity of his people, 
There's a terrible awakening of those who have lost all in the great conflict of life. The world sees the very class whom they've actually mocked and derided and desired to, you know, exterminate. They pass unharmed through pestilence, tempest, and earthquakes. Earthquake. He who is to the transgressors of his law a devouring fire is to his people a safe pavilion. Mm. So think about that. So God's presence is a devouring fire to the Euphrates River, to the people supporting Babylon, right? The people who want to destroy God's people. God's presence is a devouring fire. But to God's people, his presence is a safe pavilion. It's a, it's a safe, strong tower mm. to keep people away from harm. All right? Going on a little farther here. Imagine the scene. And a startling reversal. So this is a complete reversal, right? When everyone thinks that God's people are going to be destroyed, reverse, right at the last minute. And in the fifth plague of extreme blackness, a blinding rainbow envelops each little group of praying saints. So the supporters of Babylon are suddenly then shocked into the realization that they're uh, these despised, hated, distinct people are actually the chosen of God. Mm. So the, like the people who have supported Babylon, the people part of the, the Euphrates River, right, the symbolic Euphrates River, they're actually blown away. Like, wait, what? The people that we were trying to kill are actually the ones that God loves and the ones that have actually followed God the right way? This realization triggers the symbolic drying up of the Euphrates. That's when it dries up. Mm. This is how the many waters are diverted. This is the removal of the support of the populace from Babylon. It is God's answer to attempt to destroy his loyal people. It's a signal intervention, okay? So when all the eyes of the multitude, they're opened up and they realize that, hey, we've actually been deluded, that they will then, this is where things get really wild, this drying up of the Euphrates, these people will then turn to their leaders and treat them the same way they were just about to treat God's people. Here's what it says in Jeremiah 23. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, says the Lord. I will attend to you for the evil of your doings, says the Lord. So the majority of all the kind of the religious teachers of today that are hiding the truth of scriptures from their congregations, and then this will be even more pronounced in the future, uh, Jeremiah 8.11 says, For they have healed the hurt of the daughter of my people slightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. And Ezekiel 13.22 says, Because with lies you have made the heart of the righteous sad, whom I have not made sad. And you have strengthened the hands of the wicked, so that he does not turn from his wicked way to save his life. So this is the last little part. Mm -hmm. These leaders will now see the tragic fruitage of their ministry <clears throat> impact on the multitudes which they have manipulated and deceived. Ooh. That is the drying up of the Euphrates River. So when you see these TikTok videos of the Euphrates River drying up, yeah, it can physically dry up. It has nothing to do with Bible prophecy. Mm -hmm. Because in reality, this is when the multitude of people who try to attack the remnant of God, mm. they realize the error of their ways, mm. and then they turn on the leaders of Babylon. Mm. That's the drying up of the Euphrates River. Mm -hmm. Just like Cyrus used the drying up of the Euphrates River to overthrow Babylon, mm -hmm. spiritual Babylon will be overthrown by the drying up of the Euphrates wow. spiritually. Mm. Does that make sense? Absolutely.
So it's just I, I when I was uh, doing a little research on this, I was like, wow, this is really cool. I want to share this with our community of faith. And the big takeaway I get from this is God will provide. Mm. Jehovah Jireh. He is the one who will provide a safe passage for you and your family into the kingdom of heaven. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. You're listening to Faith FM, The Breakfast Show with Blake and Lawson. we got some text messages that have come in. Uh, Before we do those text messages. Okay, you want to do the quiz? Before we do the quiz. What? Robbie and the gong. <laughs> Robbie Bergen is going to be in Wollongong this weekend. Robbie Bergen of Faith FM, the Faith Experiment fame and our boss, is going to be in Wollongong this weekend in four locations presenting in three on three different topics. It's going to be powerful stuff. You should go head to faithfm.com.au mm-hmm. and then click the events tab and you'll find all the details. We have to tell you this because you have to go because <laughs> if you don't, I don't want to say we'll get fired because it's not necessarily true, but it would actually be helpful to us if you went because then... <laughs> and that's the only reason that we're promoting it. That's right. <laughs> no, not... I mean, outside of that, you know... It's going it, to be a, good. It's going to be well, good. We had one here in Newcastle and yeah. it was absolutely fantastic. The people loved it and enjoyed it. And the presentations get were... Get to the gong, people. Powerful. Get into the gong and get it done. <laughs> Okay, can I read these now or do you yeah, want to do, you can, do you want to do the quiz? Yeah, first? I'll do the quiz question. Okay, you're already right. on a roll. The final quiz question, yeah, guys, 845, we're going to be giving this prize away. What does the proverb warn will bite you and poison you like a snake? Okay. A, an abusive husband. B, the love of money. C, too much wine or D, an untrained child. None of those things you should want. But there's one of them that will bite you and poison you like a snake. Which one is it? A, an abusive husband. B, the love of money. C, too much wine. Or D, an untrained child. 0491-064-669 is the number to call and text or text. Get get in to win the Revived Cafe Cookbook 7 as well as 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life. Shell and I were just doing sign language. Oh, really? Yeah, but... But we can't tell you. But what. not actual sign language. I, I knew exactly what you were saying because you were mouthing the words and then doing not sign language. I know language. the answer now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. They're doing charades. We were we were doing charades for sure. All right, let's uh, do some uh, text messages. We got quite a few just right right then. Uh, thank you so much for texting us as well too. I, I do want to say when you text, it makes a difference, mm-hmm. and we really appreciate that. So thanks for the feedback. Janelle says my husband James has seen a three D printer that makes houses with concrete walls which is interesting because i was actually thinking when you were talking about the 3d printing house that i my, when we were living back uh in chisholm that they the next door neighbors were building a house with concrete walls and i'm thinking it was probably 3d printed now that i'm mm. processing that and they mm. came in with a crane put them all in it was pretty cool be That's good awesome. uh really good insulation mm. uh tim writes awesome revelation on the euphrates thanks tim uh i didn't Make that up, like just so you know. And it looks like we've got a couple other people who are asking for that reference as well, too. So I'm going to give you, you can go find this on Google yourself. Mm-hmm. Let me go look for that really quick. Mm-hmm. It's called Understanding Revelation, Topic 27, The Drying Up of the River Euphrates, When, Why, How, 
an exposition of Revelation chapter 16, 12. And it is by the, let me go to the website here, waitarachurch.org.au. So Revelation topic 27, Waitara Church, Waitara is W-A-I, T-A-R-A, church.org.au. It goes even deeper than what I was reading as yeah. well, too. It's really, really yeah. good. Check it out. I think it's powerful. Like, these people have gone to, like, extensive effort to really fit this narrative of Revelation together and show it clearly. But I think even if we take a few steps back from what we saw, which was incredibly deep, and it's just the simple reality that the Euphrates River isn't a like literal Euphrates River. Water in the Bible represents people. Babylon represents God's enemy at the end of time. People turn on God's enemies. Euphrates drive up. It's just like people leaving God's enemy. Mm-hmm. So, well, and attacking the leaders of it. And as ta- well too. Yeah. yeah. It's super To overthrow clear. Babylon. It's pretty cool. It's amazing. It's, it's pretty interesting stuff. So Margie uh, texts in, Blake, are you going to publish that article that you've just read out on the river drying up? I'd like to slowly go over it to get it stuck in my head. So again, it's waitarachurch.org.au, Revelation Topic 27. If you just look up... Uh, Euphrates River in Prophecy on Google, and then look up for the Watara Church uh, link there, Revelation Topic 27. It's a really, really valuable link. Mm. Jackie texts, Hi, could you please share the chapter in Great Controversy that was just read regarding the Euphrates? Thanks. That is also mm-hmm. Topic 27, Revelation. Go to waitarachurch.org.au. It's a really good exposition on it, on why the river Euphrates dries up. So you can check that out in the references in there. And then Raphael texts, well done, Blake. Good study on the drying of the Euphra- Euphrates River. Thumbs up. Uh, AOK sign. Present truth. Love the book, The Great Controversy. Triple smiley face with the eyes closed. Love that one. Uh, heart emoji. I wish everyone could or would read it. Three prayer hands. Jesus is coming for those who keep his commandments. You shall not kill his people who keep his Sabbath. Raphael, thank you so much for sharing uh, that text. And I do want to encourage people to look in the Bible prophecy. It makes a difference in your life. And we are going to look into the Bible together here. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk about some wild stuff as well, too. Yeah, we are going to be talking about what the Bible says. Well, we've been going through contrary passages. That's been our theme for this week in regards to what the Bible says about the state of the dead. Because I think on pretty much any topic that you look at on the Bible, the Bible being a book that was written by 40 different authors over a period of 1,500 years that has been translated from Greek and Hebrew to English, it means that you, to to establish basically any doctrine, you go to every single time it's talked about in the Bible by the various different authors of the Bible, you glean what they say, and then you create a weight of evidence-based argument. Now, sometimes there can be passages that seem to contradict the weight of evidence. But that is where we come to them in in the light and the context of the weight of evidence to be able to interpret them. And one such passage is First Peter chapter three, and particularly well, that's a tricky one. verses uh, like thirteen through twenty, but particularly eighteen through twenty. Like eighteen through twenty, yeah, it's it's a passage that people have created entire doctrines out of. So can you read that for us, actually, Blake? Eighteen. Through 20. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once the divine long-suffering waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight souls, were saved through water. Mm, awesome. Okay, so... 
from this passage alone, there has been entire, basically the entire doctrine of purgatory has been created from this passage, uh, which is essentially like some middle place between heaven and hell that spirits have the ability to kind of go either way from. Like a rest stop? Like that's like a, like a rest stop that's apparently not good. Now, this contradicts the Bible in many ways. The first one is that it's saying that you have some chance after death to be able to except Jesus. Nope, not true. Absolutely not true. There's no point in Jesus going and preaching to spirits in prison. The, the other thing that it clearly contradicts is the very clear reality of the Bible, uh, that you're unconsciously asleep until Jesus comes back. And I think here we just read this passage and it says, okay, he goes to preach to the spirits in prison. Uh, does that, does spirits in prison, does that mean someone who is in the in the like in hell or in the grave or whatever it may be but it says here before we get to spirits in prison it says that jesus um was he was put to death and that's when they say okay when he died in the grave he went to preach to the spirits in prison but then it says he made alive by the spirit i want to ask you a question blake Mm -hmm. was jesus made alive after he died uh well he he rose himself he he resurrected yeah he resurrected yes he was made alive Yeah, he was. I don't abs- know if that was like a trick question. No, or something, it's not. But, yeah, it's he absolutely he was made alive, and it says, mm-hmm. and it says, in what way? By the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. the power of the Holy Spirit. By the Spirit, he was resurrected. Now, he was his war- resurrection was warranted because of the fact that you know he lived his life, he didn't sin, he died for the penalty of sin. He was made alive by the Holy Spirit, by whom? So, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He went and preached to the spirits in prison. Now, the thing is, is what is the spirits in prison? Is that talking about death? Now, the Bible pretty much never calls death a prison. It calls death a sleep. Mm -hmm. So what is this prison? Well, the Bible consistently calls sin a prison. You can go to uh, whether it's Galatians chapter 3 and uh, verse 22. There are many passages in Romans as well. You know, who can save me from this body of sin that has imprisoned me? The Bible Mm -hmm. calls sin a prison. That, That is a prison that we are experiencing right now. We are imprisoned to sin. So Jesus, he goes to, after he's made alive, the resurrection, he preaches to the spirits in prison, those who are stuck in sin, the whole world, just as Noah, by the power of the Holy Spirit, was spoken to by God, and as he was spoken to by God about the upcoming flood that was about to happen, it says in the next passage, he builds an ark, and through that ark, people are saved. Noah is convicted by the Holy Spirit to build an ark, and as a result, people are saved. Uh, Jesus is raised from the dead by the Holy Spirit and then is led by the Holy Spirit to preach to the spirits in prison, those who are sinned, the whole earth, to lead them to be saved. Hmm. Jesus has spoken to us by his Spirit to to lead us out of the prison of sin to salvation. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different. Now, usually at this time, I would be bringing you answer to the quiz or potentially another quiz question. But we've come to the end of the week. So you know what that means. It's time to spin the wheel because we are giving away. That was like really the only thing when we met. Um, oh. But I remember <laughs> we we have some 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 interview audio, some some contrary audio going on there. <laughs> Shell, let's let's. <laughs> 
<laughs> she is really embarrassed. Michelle, <laughs> oh, it's 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 still playing. So <laughs> some interview audio there. Well, maybe while uh, while Shell's sh- sorting that out, I can go through some of the quiz questions for today. Some of the answers. What prophet was given authority on earth to forgive sins? The only one was Jesus. He's the only prophet who ever had the ability to forgive sins because he is God. Where was John the Baptist's head placed when he presented Herodias's daughter when he was when presented to Herodias' daughter? It was on a platter or a charger, a big plate. Uh, what did God show Amos a basket of saying that the time was ripe for Israel? It was a plate of ripe fruit. But now it is time to spin the wheel. Okay. It's going, it's spinning, it's slowing down, and we have a winner. Amazing. We have a winner this morning. We are going to try to get them on the phone as I f- tell you guys the last couple of answers of the quiz question questions for today. According to 1 Peter chapter 3, how did the women of the past make themselves beautiful? They made themselves beautiful, according to the Bible, by being in subjection... Uh, or submission unto their own husbands. And finally, what does the proverb warn will bite you and poison you like a snake? Is it A, an abusive husband, B, the love of money, C, too much wine, or D, an untrained child? And the answer to that one was C, too much wine. That will bite you. Do we have our winner on the phone, Shell? Ah, no, we're not able to... To get them on, we're just calling them now. Fantastic! But those were the quiz questions for today. Sorry about those technical difficulties there. But again, our winner, who we're getting on right now, I believe they've picked up. They have won 101 Secrets to a Healthy Life and the Revive Cafe Cookbook Seven. And the winner for this week is Brayden. Congratulations! Thank you very much. That's exciting. So, are you um, are you keen to be healthy now? Oh, absolutely. I mean. Trying, trying for the past few years. Amazing. Yeah. Well, we're gonna we're gonna give you these, and we trust that you're gonna send us some kind of update with ex- you know meeting those health goals. Also, you have a cookbook too, so there's always the promise there of uh, when we come up, you can make something for us, and then yeah, finally, you're, you're, you go to the same church as my son, so we know that we can visit up there. We we know where <laughs> you live, Brayden. And finally, also the offer is there. To go for a run with me. Is that something you'd be interested in doing? Oh, maybe. I mean... I'd, 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 rather, I'd rather go kayaking or something like that. But... Oh, okay. That kind of sounds way cool. <laughs> yeah, we can go kayaking for sure. But, but to take you up on your on your offer um, to, to come visit for a cooking, I'm, I'm going to New Zealand soon, so you're welcome to come along. Oh, listen, I would absolutely come to New Zealand. Again, my conditions were that it was an all-expenses-paid trip. But, um, you know, outside of that, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see how things shake out. Brayden, thank you so much, and congratulations on winning the prize. Cheers. Thank you very much. Awesome. But, hey, right now it is time for... Question of the day. All right, guys, our question of the day today is from Dale. And Dale simply asks, are there any more prophecies left until, you know, to fulfill before Jesus's second coming? So are there any more prophecies to fulfill before Jesus's second coming? And to that, I would say, well, Jesus' Jesus's second coming itself 
is a prophecy. It's something that we look forward to in the future, a future event that we believe is going to happen. But between now and that time, are there any other events left to happen? If we head over to Matthew 24, we see the signs of the times there. And we see the signs of the times given as, you know, nation rising against nation, the increase of religious deceptions, uh, earthquakes, pestilences or, or diseases and famine. And then the Bible says, you know, the love of many will grow cold simultaneously. And amongst all of these really terrible signs, the Bible says that the gospel will go forth. And we know that those signs are being fulfilled, as it says in verse 8, that these are the beginning of birth pains. We know that these signs will be fulfilled as there is an increase of frequency and intensity of those signs. So we know, okay, these are the various things that are going to happen, but wars, diseases, famines, these things have happened for a long time. But the Bible makes it crystal clear that when they happened at an exponentially increasing rate, so an increasing of intensity and frequency, when there's heavier earthquakes happening more frequently, when there's heavier and more intense wars happening more frequently, those kinds of things then we know that Jesus is coming back soon. And over the last, I would say, 150 years, we've been seeing the very steep incline of basically all of those signs. But I would say amongst that, probably another area that I see is one of the final things to happen that hasn't happened yet before Jesus comes back is if we jump over to Revelation chapter 13, it talks about the two beasts, which are kind of the two entities throughout history and at the end of time who oppose God. We know that Satan opposes God, and that's what Revelation 12 is about. But in Revelation 13, we see these political and religious institutions that Satan has risen up to oppose God. Now, the first half of Revelation 13 is essentially an extension of Daniel chapter 7, describing the Antichrist, who it is, and and what that institution is, and what it does, and, you know, how it wreaks havoc throughout history. And, And we... You know, we don't have the time to do it at the moment, and so I don't want to tell you who exactly the Antichrist is, uh, but we can see very clearly when we study through these passages, like, okay, this is who the Antichrist is, this is what it's done throughout history uh, for a you know, great period of time. And then the second, the later half of Revelation 13, it talks about, so first half of Revelation 13 talks about this, it, it represents the Antichrist as a beast of the sea. We know from Daniel chapter 7 and verse 17 that a beast represents a nation and this nation being religious and political, acting as the Antichrist. Then we come to the second half of Revelation 13 and it talks about a different beast or a different nation. And again, I don't want to give you the answers as to who this is because I would need to do a Bible study to do so. But we read through and it says that this final nation that will oppose God, uh, it says that it will create a great statue, it will make a great law that people will have to keep. Uh, And then it says that he required, in verse 16 of Revelation 13, he required everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to be given a mark on the right hand or on their forehead, and no one could buy or sell anything without that mark, uh, which was either the name of the beast or the number representing his name. We see that people can't buy or sell without uh, this mark or they would be killed as a result. Now, we haven't seen the mark of the beast and the persecution of those receiving the mark of the beast happen yet. That's what we haven't seen. So I would say one of the last great prophecies to be fulfilled before Jesus comes back is the administering of the mark of the beast and the persecution of those who do not receive it. That's what the Bible makes clear. If we look at our world now, it's unidentifiable. So that's what we have to look forward to. And then after that, we look forward to Jesus coming back soon. 
we have come to the end of the show this morning. And, you know, we're just, we've had a fantastic time. It's the end of the week. We're going to do a couple things. I'm going to give you guys something for free. But before I give you guys something for free, I just have a few text messages to read. This one's from Wayne. He says, good morning and blessings. This is a verse that came to my mind this morning. Through all the trials and ups and downs, Psalm 27 and verse 14, wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We all need to be reminded this from time to time. The Lord's ways aren't our ways, but they are the right way and good for our learning and growing. Stop and feel the presence of God in your life all around you today. Uh, patience is also needed. Thanks, the team. Have a happy Sabbath. Bye. Wayne. We also have a text message from Janelle. Yes, thank you, Blake, for explaining about the the River Euphrates. My nine-year-old nephew had watched something probably on TikTok about the Euphrates River drying up, and he was very worried about it. So thanks for making it clear. So yeah, even our kids are being reached by this Euphrates River thing you know, on TikTok. That's absolutely crazy. But guys, we've come to the end of the show. And remember to go through this weekend and until we ca- next week to talk faith, to live faith, and to act faith. And you'll grow strong in Jesus Christ. God be with you till we meet again. God be with you till we meet again. By his counsel's guide of hold you with the sheep securely fold you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM, positively different.